A big weekend in Boston College football players getting ready for the NFL draft. None bigger than Zion Johnson, who had an incredible week. We're going to talk about that with Mitch Wolf, who was at the Senior Bowl. With all of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Make sure you check out my work there. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered, got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Today, we are all about the weekend of postseason bowls as many Boston College players getting ready for the NFL draft had their performances critiqued by scouts analysts and all in between and one of those people that were there to check them all out was mitch wolf mitch how's it going doing good i'm finally back in my uh, apartment after some flight trouble with uh weather and everything but so it's good to be home and excited to be talking about these bc guys all right so i think what people want to know most about is the, the the name that has popped up the most this week zion johnson now johnson he came into this this senior bowl week you know, a second rounder, most likely, um, you know, depending on who you're talking to, a first or second guard in the NFL draft. Mitch, what did he do for himself this week? I think that he probably locked himself in as a first round pick this week. And I say that because I was talking to a lot of people there and I asking as many people as I could about him. Um, he had a ton of fans. Uh, one of the biggest one is Brandon Thorne, uh, who is a uh, trench scout. He does uh, online trench scout. He does a lot of work with offensive defensive line uh, works with Duke Manyweather, who's a big time, like trainer of offensive linemen. And he said that he had Zion Johnson as his number one guard going in and was his number one guard going out. Um, he said he has him above Kenyon green. Who's the guard slash tackle from Texas A&M. And I think the biggest reason that Zion is kind of locking himself in as a first round pick is because he comes in this week and we all kind of expect him to play guard. We, as BC fans, we know he can play tackle. It's probably not where he is best, but he can do it. Um, and so he measures in this week at six, two and three quarters, 314 pounds, 10 and seven, eight inch hands, 33 and seven, eight inch arms, 82 and seven, eighths an inch wingspan. And those, all those arm and wingspan numbers are very good for guard. They're a little small for tackle, but he, it's possible. We've seen him do it. And he ends up basically spending the whole week playing center because due to injuries and just due to the guys that they brought in, uh, there weren't a lot of guys who had a lot of center experience. So he ended up playing that a lot. And I talked to him twice and he said, he's never really played center. So he was just, he's been doing some work on it. Like in the off season, uh, he was actually the backup center this year. So if Alec Lindstrom had gone down, he would have stepped in and, it, and he was really good at center. I think it, there were some growing pains early on, especially in the one-on-one drills where the defensive linemen have a natural advantage. All those one-on-one drills just favor whoever is the attacking player. And he had some reps that were uh, not so great, especially against UConn's Travis Jones, who had a fantastic week. But he settled in, and once I got into team drills, I mean, he was unstoppable. He was dominant. And uh, I mentioned this to you, and I said earlier that he was on the field. He was one of the first, like, three or five players on the field every single day, uh, just taking some, you know, pass sets, getting out of his stance, doing some extra center snap exchange with the quarterbacks. And he was always one of the last players to leave the field, working some extra snaps with Kenny Pickett and the other quarterbacks on his team. So I think teams really love, will love that. They'll love his versatility and his dedication to the craft. Now you also texted me, Mitch, 
uh, we're talking about Zion possibly being a first round draft pick. You talked to someone who said they saw him anywhere going from what? 10th to the second round. Uh, I actually, I rechecked the quote and it was from 12 to 30 and they wouldn't be surprised anywhere uh, in between those picks. So that's, that's a first round pick. I, I, I would be a little surprised at 12, but I mean, Zion Johnson has shown that he can legitimately play all five positions on the offensive line, which is a rare ability. Yeah. That's, I think I, I was, I put it up on BC Bolton that his versatility and his dedication, I mean, as you said, he was the first one off, first one off, like his ability to just go out there and just do what the coaches ask him to do and mm-hmm. his hard work. Um, I know Jeff Halfley said none of the surprises him that he was also named senior bowl um, national national team player of the week. I mean, yeah, he was the, I think he was the overall practice player of the week, like both teams yep. overall, he was the number one guy in practice. So, you know, that, I mean, we saw Hunter long win the national tight or the way every team it was the tight end award last year. Uh, and Zion Johnson won the whole thing this year. And I think that teams and the, the, both the teams that were just scouting the game and the coaching staffs that were running the game noticed how, um, dedicated he is to, you know, perfecting his craft. So Mitch, just to remind people, because I think some people don't understand how the, the, pro, uh, the senior bowl week works. What is more important for a guy like Zion Johnson? Is it the practices or the game? Oh, the game doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, uh, it's funny. Like I left before the game. A lot of people leave before the game, especially NFL people. Uh, some of the media stays because they're covering the game for kind of the big websites, but uh, yeah, the game doesn't really matter because, and I'll say they did try harder probably than the Pro Bowl, which, you know, by the time people are listening to this, that'll be over, but we'll be seeing that uh, today. You know, they try harder than that, but the the game is structured such that, you know, you can't really in, run a full offense or defense. And part of that is because you only have three days of practice. Um, like, for example, the Jets during practice, every single defensive play, they ran cover three, every single one. There was no cover two, no cover four, no co- barely any cover one man. Um, just pure cover three. So like, there's not a ton of stuff to you can really see just cause you're limited on time. So these practices are more important than the senior bowl game. Um, and I would say that for most positions, the team drills in practice are more important than the one-on-ones. The one-on-ones get the engagement where, you know, players get, make crazy plays. Uh, you know, they embarrass their competition, but the team drills, are the ones that matter. And that's where Zion was really effective. It's so funny that you're bringing up the, the games. I Yesterday afternoon, um, my, we've been kind of battling back and forth between the Olympics, and we've, we were going to put it on, and the all-star hockey game was on. And mm-hmm. my, my son, my three-year-old, was like, oh, what's that? I'm like, and he likes, ho- he likes playing hockey outside. I watched about two minutes of this, and I'm like, this is awful. They're just standing <laughs> around. There's no one playing defense, not, e- not even like resembling defense. They're just standing there. And yeah. then basically the offensive, the offensive forwards are just ripping – uh, slap shots and wrist shots past goalies. I'm like, I, I can imagine for football, it's very similar in terms of like, it's vanilla. It's not that interesting. So it's good to hear that like at the portion that mattered, Zion had his big moment. Yeah. And I, like I said, like this, the game is definitely played at a higher intensity than the professional all-star games, because, you know, these guys know that if they're slacking, like that's going to look bad uh, from NFL teams. So they are trying hard. It's just that there isn't as much you can learn as, you know, one might think, I would say. And what teams, like, this is really early, but, like, if you were to look at some teams that you think would be a good fit for Zion, I know you probably have one in mind. Uh, <laughs> what are some teams that you would, like, you think would be a good fit for him heading into the NFL draft right now? I mean, I've said that I'm a Steelers fan. I talked to Zion. He said he grew up a Steelers fan. So, you know, if he goes to them at 20, I'll be thrilled. Uh, looking at the draft board right now, 
I would say he's probably a little small for Baltimore at 14. They like picking really big offensive linemen. Uh, the Chargers at 18 would be that'd be an interesting pick because they need offensive line help at almost every position. So he'd be good there. Um, let's see. Uh, Cardinals, I, I would be that would be an interesting pick. They have Zach Allen, so you know they've shown a propensity towards BC players. Uh, they need some offensive line help moving forward. Uh, Buffalo could be interesting. They they've obviously have multiple BC guys and Tommy Sweeney and Matt Milano. Uh, they need some kind of guard help moving forward. Uh, Tennessee, another one. You know, there's some BC connections there. Uh, they need some guard help moving forward. Uh, let's yeah. So like any like a lot of the playoff teams because playoff teams at the back end of the draft, you know, usually they're kind of. Uh, looking for, they have less flaws, obviously, so they're kind of willing to take those positions that might not be as a high priority, but they're like, all right, this guy can step in and start immediately. And I think that's what a lot of teams saw with Zion Johnson, that he's a day one star. Like he can come in and fill in at either guard spot. And, you know, if somebody goes down at center, he can fill in there. If you're really uh, devoid of talent at tackle and somebody goes down, you know, he can step in there and, you know, at least hold the fort down for a week or something. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to talk about the other Boston college players that had, um, postseason bowl games this weekend we'll get into brandon sebastian trey berry and ben petrula um before we do that i want to thank each and every single one of you who has made locked on boston college your first listen every week if you make listen to this everyone i want to thank each and every one of you because you make the difference here everyone who makes this part of their daily routine whether it's walking the dog driving to work listening at your office that makes a huge difference because the more we get more listeners that we get the more opportunities we get to bring in some bigger names and to do some things. So thank you all. And uh, if this is your first listen, I want to welcome you. We're a uh, daily Boston College podcast. We do this five days a week in a nice 20 to 25 minute format. So you get all your Boston College news and analysis sent directly to your phone or computer. BetOnline has caught co- you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through this playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. Mitch was down at the Senior Bowl. And one of the big news items, well, new, big for me because I'm interested in all this kind of stuff, was that Trey Berry was like a last-minute addition uh, to the national team in the Senior Bowl. Now, Trey Berry was also part of the NFL PA Bowl uh, last weekend. But um, I'm guessing because he's an Alabama resident, it wasn't very hard to get him to the Senior Bowl. Mitch, what did you see from Trey this weekend? Yeah, so Trey Berry showed up on Thursday, which was the third third and final day of practice because Ohio State's Jeremy Ruckert, uh, he was t- tight end. He went down with an injury and would miss the rest of the week in the game. So uh, they called up Berry because he, you know, had it's been a little while since he had his bowl game, so he was fresh. He's from Spanish Fort, Alabama, which is relatively close to Mobile, so kind of on the way for him. Uh, they called him up, and I was watching. That was the practice that was televised on ESPN, so that was nice uh, because they didn't really let a lot of media into the indoor practice facility there. And uh, from what I saw, like he looked pretty decent. Uh, he, you know, again, there's a lot of tight ends there, so he didn't get a ton of snaps, especially in practice. Um, there was one play where I thought some of his route running could have been better, uh, where the defender made a nice play on the ball to bat it away. Uh, but from what I saw, like he's still going to be like some team should be interested in him as a red zone weapon just because of his uh, size, his wingspan, his ability to elevate and make uh, t- contested catches in the red zone. So, I mean, the blocking still, you know, he's still got to get a little better with that. But yeah, I mean, I thought he did pretty well. He only played, uh, let's see, um, 
20. No, nine, sorry, nine snaps in this game, uh, three of which were pass uh, receiving um, snaps, nine of which were run blocking snaps. So, you know, not a ton to glean from that. I'll have to go back and rewatch the game again uh, to see when he played and how he did. But I think teams will like that he was able to get there on short notice and, you know, get suited up and, you know, look the part. Interesting. It sounds like he's still probably a sixth or seventh round draft pick, which is what his grade was last year, right? Yeah, I think. And I think the biggest issue with him was just missing a lot of time with the injury, which kind of just prevented him from being able to, you know, get better at the blocking and that kind of thing. So I think just because of his size and athleticism like that, when you're taking those late round picks, um, you kind of some some teams are going to want to take guys that maybe are a little higher risk because it's like, well, this pick is kind of doesn't mean anything like and we think that the lesser athletes will fall and go undrafted where so they'll want to say like, okay, well, I'm going to take a swing on this guy. Who's a better athlete. And, you know, we're worried about some other team feeling the same way. All right. All right. So I know another name that I saw you talking about a lot in terms of his play was Brandon Sebastian, who was in the shrine game um, along with Ben Petrula, correct? Uh, Alec Lindstrom was at shrine. Game. Oh, Alec Lindstrom. I'm sorry. I got the wrong name. Um, so talk a little bit about what you saw from Brandon Sebastian. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Sebastian played a ton in the Shrine game, which I, I was very happy to see because I was um, I was concerned that, you know, he was going to kind of uh, fall by the wayside in terms of getting snaps. But he played uh, 67 snaps in the Shrine game, which is great to see. Um, I was why I posted some of his clips last night and um, he, he was doing a lot of stuff. You know, he's playing outside. He had played a ton of snaps. Like I said, uh, he had a really nice fit against the run down in the red zone where he shot the gap and made a tackle to prevent a guy from getting the end zone. He broke up a pass. He had a really nice, he was playing against Emeka Mezzi, who's the wide receiver from NC State. So a guy that he's familiar with a good bit. So that was uh, interesting to see. He did have a kind of a bad penalty on one of those plays where like the quarterback scrambles and the wide receivers kind of running all around. And he accidentally just grabbed him and that gave the offense another opportunity, which was kind of sad. But uh, I, I was really impressed by Sebastian, you know, and he was playing on special teams too. So he, he just had a ton of snaps. And I, I guess that indicates to me that the coaching staffs there liked what they saw and they wanted to get him plenty of opportunities. So, uh, you know, I'm still, uh, I want to see how he runs, how he tests at the combine and the pro day, uh, because he is a little on the lighter side, just in terms of his weight. So, you know, if he, if he, he needs to test well, cause if he, if he's small and he tests poorly, that's a bit of a death knell for a cornerback, but if he tests well, and you know, that then that can overcome that, you know, less than ideal size and he can be a really uh, he'll be an interesting late round pick. I saw, um, and I, I said it to you that he was one of the fastest clocked cornerbacks in that, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting to know. I mean, I, I never knew of him as a, uh, a speedy defensive back, but that's going to be definitely something in his favor. Now, do, do you think this, this week helped his, his draft stock as someone who could get drafted? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, I, th- I thought going into this, this season, I was, I, th- I was kind of on the frame as to whether he'd get drafted. I thought he had a pretty solid season, you know, working through injury. And, I mean, that's the thing with Sebastian. It's always been solid. It hasn't, I don't think it's ever been, you know, completely dominant lockdown, you know, guys like sauce Gardner or uh, Derek Stingler, or even Andrew Booth, you know, it's never been like that, but he's always been solid. You know, he's doesn't really give up huge plays. So that's good to see, you know, he has experience on special teams. Teams will really like that for guys who they're drafting on day three. Um, so yeah, I think he's really helped himself. I, I, I think the earliest right now I could see him would probably be the sixth round. Um, but Hey, I mean, that that's, that's, you're still an NFL player then. And uh, Alec Lindstrom was our final one. And now he going into this, this week was probably graded as the second center in the, in the draft behind Tyler Linderbaum of uh, Iowa. What did you, did you notice anything? I know with TV, sometimes it's hard to catch the offensive line, but yeah, any, any takeaways from Alec Lindstrom's play? Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it again. I mean, it looks like he only got um, 
eight snaps if i if i'm looking at this right uh which i thought he played i guess he must have only played on the first like two drives but uh the bit that was going around he had a really nice play where he got out in front of a screen pass that went for like uh 60 some yards uh so that's good to see him you know getting out in the hoof i would say with uh with lindstrom i'm i'm a little concerned about the lack of length uh just because in centers you can get away with that a little bit but some of his measurements are you know, in really low percentiles uh, for how centers get drafted these days. Uh, so again, this is kind of the same thing I said with Sebastian, like in order for him to, you know, kind of maintain that hold on center two, he's got to show that he tests athletically pretty as test well, athletically at the combine and the pro day. But like, like I was saying, like, this is a pretty weak center class. I, w- I was very surprised that Lindstrom did not get the call for the senior bowl because after Linderbaum, it's a, it's and like I said, like Zion Johnson to play a lot of center because there just weren't enough guys there to do it, and they were moving guys in and out of that position. So I was surprised he didn't get the call to Shrine. Um, based on what I saw on Twitter, it seemed like uh, the guys were having a little more fun in in uh, Las Vegas, if you can believe it. They had a big uh, event where they went to this esports arena and spent the night like playing video games with each other on these big screens, which looked really fun. So you know, I don't blame him for going to Las Vegas instead of Mobile, but I thought he did decently. You know, I don't really see. Uh, guys who could leap him right now for center two, but uh, you know, he's still got to test well to combine the pro day. All right, Mitch, thank you so much for stopping by. In our final segment, I'm going to be speaking about everything that happened this weekend, including women's basketball's game against Virginia tech men's hockey continues their descent into oblivion and everything else. Mitch, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, W O L F E. Uh, you can also find my work at around the block dot or ATV network.com. Uh, it's where I posted my uh, winners and losers from each day of practice. I'll be posting my all senior bowl team ideally today. Uh, if not, it'll come out tomorrow uh, with kind of the, the best performers at every position. Um, and just, you know, make sure you follow me there for all of my draft content. And make sure to follow Mitch on BC Bulletin as well as Mitch will mm-hmm. be doing some BC work as well. Um, thank you, Mitch. And we'll talk again soon and we'll be right back. Let's talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. This is the time of the year. I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually do enjoy eating them. If you tried the puffs, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bar, best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And just like the Built Bars, they're 100% covered in chocolate, you have to check them out. Puffs are fan, are fan favorite with some incredible flavors, including cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars are 100% covered in chocolate, yes, Puffs included, and it's 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but the Built Bar, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You're not going to beat that. And some of the regular flavors are so good. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and this month, try the white cookie chocolate cookies and cream. They are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they're going to make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. So head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. It was nice to have Mitch back on. Uh, we haven't seen him in a couple weeks, uh, but he'll be back to talk draft stuff later on uh, as we get closer to the draft and for Pro Day. Um, one of the things that Trey Barry let slip uh, during one of his Senior Bowl interviews was the date of the Pro Day for Boston College football, which is going to be March 19th. Um, that was what Chase Goodred- Goodbread uh, tweeted out. 
Uh, I can't confirm that yet, but that's the date that Trey Barry said. So it'll be interesting to see. There's going to be some really interesting um, players from Boston College in that. You're going to see Brand. You'll probably see Brandon Sebastian. Not sure if Zion will actually do it or not. I mean, if he's already done what he needs to, he doesn't need to. I'm sure Alec Lindstrom will be there. Ben Petrula. Um, you might see Travis Levy. Um, you know, a few players like that. Uh, so that will be coming down the line. Now, this weekend in Boston College sports, it was a quiet weekend. Um, which was nice. I mean, sometimes you like just having a quiet weekend. Uh, men's basketball was off. They're going to play Tuesday against Syracuse, who just smoked Louisville. Um, but women's basketball, they played on uh, S- Sunday against Virginia Tech and got smoked. Um, not going to really get into the, the nitty-gritty of this game, because I honestly, I didn't catch it. Um, but this uh, they're, they're now losers of three out of the last four. The only win was a, a close win over a really bad Virginia team. Uh, they're really working their way out of the bubble in terms of getting themselves in the tournament. Um, you know, we saw BC women's basketball go on a really good rip for a while where they were playing really well, kind of getting sliding back into some really poor play, especially on the offensive side. It seems like they're not, they're struggling to get buckets. Um, they're going to need to start pulling off some wins quick. You know, they're, they're, they're challenged. They got a challenging schedule coming up. Um, so it might, you know, they're going to need to to pull off a few big wins because their spot on the bubble is starting to fade. Uh, now hockey, oh God, hockey, um, <laughs> hockey again. Uh, they played on Wednesday, uh, Friday, excuse me, at the Heights against UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell is the best team in hockey East this year, and Boston College lost again. That's now eight out of their last nine, I believe. Uh, and you know, at least this game they didn't get blown out. I mean, this is how poor the season has gone. Is that like to the point where? You're just hoping that they're not going to let – like I was joking with a friend of mine who's a UMass Lowell fan. I said, you know, BC went up one nothing, and then UMass Lowell tied it. And I go, look, they're going to score like five goals in a row. He goes, nah, they won't. At least that didn't happen this time. So credit to the BC for kind of hanging in there. It was a goal late in the third quarter, uh, third period that ended it. Now for BC, today is a big one. Uh, B- BC men's hockey kicks off the um, 69th nice bean pot. Uh, at the TD Garden, and that game will be on Nessence. A 7.45 start against Northeastern, who is ranked. Um, BC will be without Mark McLaughlin, Jack McBain, and Drew Hellison, who are all in the Olympics. They are playing really poorly. I Oh, gosh. I don't have a good feeling about this one. Um, but, you know, I, I had to laugh. I think BC men's hockey put up. It's start of trophy season time. Time to turn the page. I'm like, that's, that's some... That's some uh, braggadocious talk there, my friends. But we'll have to see. I mean, anything can happen, and there's, there's always a perfect time to start pulling off a win streak. But, you know, the bean pot, that's... Uh, you hate to see BC going and playing so poorly, but that's where they're at. I um, mean, someone had tweeted at me, um, or sent me a direct message, and I'm going to keep their name off because I don't know if they want me to use it. But they were talking about our episode from last week when we were talking about men's hockey, and I was talking about all the issues that they had with the defense and the goaltending all being kind of a mess. Um, and sh- they brought up, they said, you know, the other piece that we've noticed is that they have no, the, the, the moxie's not there, right? Like when you hit them, it or you know, like metaphorically, they don't seem to hit back, right? Like they just kind of seem to wilt and that's not a good thing, right? Like we saw with that game, um, I guess Harvard earlier this week where, B- you know, BC goes down. Uh, you know, they they go up and then they let up a couple goals and then and then just the floodgates open, and it happened against UNH and it happened against Maine and it happened against Notre Dame. There's this tendency for this team just to completely wilt. So it's good to see against a t- good team like UMass Lowell that they didn't wilt per se, 
they battled, and that's all you can ask for. I mean, this is just a lost season. So, and, it's, and it stinks, too, because it's the 100th year for BC Hockey. So that was another piece for them. For those of you that are dying to get more recruiting news, it's going to be a quiet period for BC. Uh, we're in a recruiting dead period for the next couple of weeks, and so that means there can't be visitors, that like um, communication between the staff and and the players have to be a certain way. I think the players have to, or the recruits have to actually initiate the the connection. Um, so it's going to be quiet. So don't expect any like last minute visitors or anything like that because they can't. It's illegal right now. So uh, we'll have to wait for a little bit. But as I said on my site, this is also the time where players that are interested can set up um, visits when it's live again, which is I think in March. So. BC will be able to, to have visitors when there's practices going on, which is good. I also am glad that this is a dead period, too, because who the heck wants to visit Massachusetts in February? Uh, you're, you're a kid from Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and you're like, oh, let's go check out Boston College. Oh, never mind. You, I'm not going to have four years of that. So, you know, waiting a little bit until March isn't the worst thing for Boston College. But you know, we already there's already some names coming out. There's a free recruiting article I have with a, a kid that's coming. Um, you can read all about it at bcbulletin.com. And um, I'll have more recruiting news all throughout the next couple of weeks. I'm sure you're going to want to hear more about that. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Bean Pot, preview BC versus Syracuse, and get into everything else. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow the podcast at LockedOnBC. Make sure that you check out that YouTube channel. If you're looking just – if you're at let, – let me let me throw this out there to you guys. If you just listen – to Lockdown Boston College. Say you're at work and you're, this is your kind of, my, my dulcet tones are, are what gets you through the day. And you listen on your computer. Instead of listening to it on Spotify or Apple, listen to it on YouTube. Honestly, it, it you can do it. It doesn't impact your work. It, you just have the tab open and you can listen to it. It works just like a podcast. And it helps the podcast tremendously. Po- doing it on YouTube versus Apple or any of that other stuff actually makes a huge difference. So, If you have done so already, subscribe to Locked on Boston College on YouTube and listen to our show on YouTube. It really does help. Thank you all, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Take care, everyone.